Hello everybody, my name's Colin D. Ellis and welcome to the Culture and Coffee podcast where I discuss a news story or a topic of workplace culture and some practical things that you can do over the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee. So let's get into today's episode. Hello everybody, it's Colin Ellis here. Welcome to another Culture and Coffee podcast for Monday the... Yeah, see, I'm recording this on Sunday. I've got no idea what... Oh, I do know, because next Monday is my birthday, so that's the 11th, so it must be the 4th. It must be the 4th. Yeah, I've got some travel coming up tomorrow, so I thought I would record this first thing on Sunday morning. So it's 8, it's 8 a.m. Of course, it's 8 a.m. Why? Why would I stay in bed and relax when I could get up and record a podcast? I'm actually in the centre of Melbourne. Um, just got my coffee from a, a little place called the Bond Store. And it literally is the old Bond Store that they've turned into a cafe. Don't you love that about different cities? I must admit, I'm a real city person. Like, don't get me wrong, I love kind of relaxing down by the beach and the countryside for holidays, but it's just something about cities. They're just so magical. And I was listening to another podcast, and so somebody asked me at a conference last week, oh, what podcast do you listen to? Nothing work-related, funnily enough. So I I try and listen to stuff that makes me smarter, and there's a a couple of podcasts that I listen to uh, largely around politics and and news uh, in the UK, one called The News Agents. And uh, one of the guys on the one of the hosts was talking about the fact that um, he thinks cities would be a better place without cars, and I have to agree. Like the thought of like car-free cities, where there's plenty of parking around the outside, and then great public transport links in. A big fan of public transport. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm here, I'm 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 out of the little laneways. There's plenty of little laneways around Melbourne. If you haven't been here, it's fabulous. Fabulous city. Uh, it's just warming up. It's still pretty chilly, I have to say. Even though spring has sprung and it's going to be like 18 degrees here today, it's uh, it's still pretty cold. I've got both hands around my coffee at the minute. I'm right by the Yarra River, uh, uh, which is the main river in Melbourne. I don't think they make enough of the river. I think they could do a lot more by the river. You know, if I think of the Thames and London and I think of the the buzz that's around there and the bars and stuff like typical typical Brits always about the booze. Um, yeah, I don't. I just don't feel like there's enough they could do. They could do more. So if anyone's listening from Melbourne Council, you could do more. Get your bloody fingers out. Uh, I uh, today's podcast. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna talk about some things that you should know about culture. Uh, I had a really interesting conversation with someone last week um, at the conference. I was talking about. Who, who, who listened to the podcast and you know who you are so thank you um, but he said he said oh it'd just be great I haven't got time to go back and listen to all the old podcasts I'm like gee thanks um, just ditch your family for a weekend and listen to all of my podcasts I think we both know which is more important he said it'd be great if you could do a podcast that summarises some of the stuff that we should know uh, and uh, so this it, so that was good but I also had a conversation with a HR manager who said to me, he said, I'm staggered by how little my own profession knows about the thing that we should know about. And we were talking about, you know, kind of the blog that I want to write, but there's no way that I will write it, is, you know, is, is your people and culture department the problem with culture? Um, as you can tell, not com- committing professional suicide. 
writing that article. Listen, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but, but, but there's a serious point to it. It's because of the evolutionary nature. You know, the, the thing that I talk about is finance is finance. And every now and again, you'll come, there'll be a new tool that you have to learn. But finance is finance. It never really changes. You've got this money to spend. Uh, you've got this money to save. Uh, you can't go outside of those parameters. You log it all in this system and then we, we produce some reports to decide whether we're doing a good enough job or a bad enough job and then we ask people to, you know, change accordingly. The culture changes all the time. Now don't get me wrong, it's incumbent on people who manage people and culture to keep up. To keep, you, you can't just roll out a series of initiatives and go, well, there you go, we've done our thing, tick. Um, you know, so, so, you know, kind of every, everybody needs to keep up, including managers, and managers need to be, and this is, this is why, oh God, I'm getting into the podcast without really giving it any structure, but this is why, so for, managers need to be taught how to build culture, and they need to be taught how to build culture for now, because the way we used to, firstly, people aren't taught how to build culture, so this is one thing that you should know is that you have to teach managers how to build culture because we make an assumption that everybody knows how to do it and they don't. They don't. I had a conversation with a guy recently. He was like, what things can I say and what can't I say? I thought he was joking. And what were you talking about? He was just like, oh, you know, I just don't know what to say anymore. I was like, well, you know, if it's in your head and you don't think you can say it, then don't say it. He was like, but seriously, what, what things? And I was like, oh. and he said, can I buy you a coffee? And he bought me a coffee. And I went through all the things that he could say and he couldn't say. But I think managers really struggle, <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but managers struggle with that stuff because no one teaches them. And there's people in management positions who should never be in management positions. Right, let me get into the podcast. I feel like I'm skipping right ahead here. So here's some things that you should know about culture. So here's the basic thing, right? So the components of culture it, 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 your working culture is a product of where you are in the world, right? And the social cultures of the people uh, within your country. Um, so that's why you would acknowledge. Uh, so here in Australia, we acknowledge traditional owners of the land because that's part of our social culture. They don't do that in England because it's not part of their social culture. You know, and I talk about the fact that you know, in England, everything's solved with a cup of tea. Like, even the worst problems are solved with a cup of tea. That doesn't happen here in Australia. We'll do a beer at the end of the night. Uh, you know, when I go to America, they'll, they'll do it over coffee. Uh, so, so, you know, it's a product of the social culture, so where you are in the world, and there's got to be acknowledgement of that and the different races and the different genders of people. Um, people and personality, so, um, sorry, that's the gender piece, the race piece. Um, we have, there has to be an acknowledgement that everybody's different, everyone's got different opinions, that politics um, comes into it. Uh, and we have to acknowledge that those people change and evolve over time. Now the challenge for most organisations right now is we've got, uh, we've, got a, we've got four generations in the workforce. And so every one of those generations is looking for something slightly different. It's not that every generation is the same, it's not, but they're united by their experiences as, as they grow. So there's some commonalities, you know, and I've, I've talked before about the fact that, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, in, within my social culture in the northwest of England, there were lots of riots. Uh, we had the miners' strike. 
you know, we, we do, do, in, that, that was the kind of fabric. We had terrorism with the IRA. And so some of the stories that I tell based on my upbringing, the kids cannot imagine. So there were no litter bins in England. There were no litter bins in England. That partly explains why, you know, there's a tornado of litter every city you go over there. Um, so that's the second thing, people and personality, and um, we have to accept different communication preferences. And then the last thing is how organisations how the organisation positions itself, usually through its purpose and its vision. We never used to never used to talk about it. It was all about brand. Right? So the organization would say to the world, this is our brand, and hope that you would join their brand. Now potential employees are actually looking for what do you stand for what good are you doing in the world what's your aspiration and what work are you doing on culture so a lot of these organizations who are thinking about oh we need retention strategies well you actually need to define your culture but you can't be lazy about it anyway i'll get to that so that's the first thing is you need to understand how working culture is built it's a combination of all of those three factors so the second thing then is that given that it's a combination of all those factors, you can't just let it evolve on its own. You have to be deliberate about how you build it because otherwise you're just essentially, you're, as an organization, you're at the mercy of, of the social culture and people and personalities. And this is one of the big reasons right now where organizations um, who, who have got office workers are struggling to get people back. Now, if your organization is struggling to get people back to the office, it's a massive failure of leadership. Because they, what they haven't done is reset the culture for where we are right now. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that everyone should go back to the office. Those of you who listen to the podcast, you know I'm a big fan of hybrid work. If it's done right, but most people aren't doing it right. Rubbish. You're doing it really badly. But it's a failure of your leadership in the sense that what you have to do is bring people back together and they have to collectively reset the culture. They have to say, this is how the social culture changed as a result of the pandemic. These are our thoughts about what we want in the future. That's the people and personality. And then the organization has to position itself to sort of say, and this is our policy about stuff. And some work is best done face to face. Always has been, and it always will be best done face to face. But, but cultures don't change without action. Most people forget that what they want, that most, most organizations have, and this is the third thing, I'll come back to that second point in a minute, is they have initiative-itis. And they undertake culture projects. And as soon as your organization undertakes a culture project, you know you're in trouble. Like a culture change program is not a thing because cultures evolve all of the time. A program is something with a defined start and a defined end. And that's not, that's not culture. Listen, like digital, digital transformation. Oh my gosh, I talk about that a lot. The, the, thing that, the thing that's being transformed in digital transformation is the culture. Digital is the introduction of a tool. The transformation piece is the culture. And you've got to change the culture first for people to use the digital tool uh, correctly. And then people wonder why their digital transformation programs fail. It's because they think that you know, kind of they can put in the tools and everyone at a training course and Bob's your uncle? Nope. It's not how it works. 
Um, so coming back to that second point, so yes, yeah, so you have to reset the culture. So you literally have to spend time and money bringing people together for them to define the conditions that they need to be successful. Then the, what happens then is you gain a sense of belonging because people are like, this is our culture, we defined it. We had a say in this, this is our culture. Uh, from an organization perspective, so if you're a senior exec, so you need to provide the purpose, there needs to be a strategy, right? And organizations spend loads of time and loads of money building strategy disproportionately to, to, to the actual amount of money on the how, how do we get it done? So the what is fine, but the how we don't do. And, um, and a vision. So aspirationally, where you're going to go, which is the vision is what your strategy is built off. So if the organization provides the purpose, they provide the vision, then they provide the money and the time and they take everybody off site or they take pockets of people off site. I worked with one organization where we reset the purpose, the vision and the values, which is the other piece. And then I worked with each individual team for two days. Right, and their engagement score skyrocketed. Well, they would, because all of a sudden you've got a say in something you've never had a say in before. So immediately it feels different. And this is some, it's, people are still grappling with this. It's like, it's really not hard. You know, culture change is hard, it's really not. If, you, if you're prepared to do things in the right way, and you're prepared to actually educate yourself on how this stuff works, it's really, really not that hard to do. So organization, purpose, vision, values. And then, every, and then every team has to go away and say, how do we as a team or as a department put these into action? What do these values mean for us? Too often what I'll see is organizations try and be overly prescriptive. There's too much culture stuff. People feel overwhelmed and they're like, right, well, HR have just done that to us. We haven't been involved in that at all. That's not my culture. I don't understand it. It doesn't look like they understand it either. The confusing behaviours and values and all of these things. There's one major banker here who's, who've got a list of behaviours which are values and values which is behaviours. Any wonder people are confused. When you do the basics wrong, it's absolutely bonkers. So, cultures don't change, they evolve over time, but, but they only evolve positively if you actually take action. Right? And so you have to bring people together to get them to reset, redefine. You know, organizations that are doing hybrid really well, they're not, they're not, having, they're not having questions, they're not arguing about whether cameras should be on or off. They're not arguing about the days of week people should be in because they also, all these people sorted it out themselves during that two days where they defined the culture and they said, right, well, we agree that we've got to be in the office to do this stuff. We agree that this work can take place at home. We also recognize that the culture isn't about me. It's not about what I want, it's about what's best for the team. I just don't, I don't understand. Senior leaders are getting themselves in knots about it and it's relatively straightforward to solve. But here's another thing that you need to know about culture is people talk about it, but don't want to pay for it. You know, it's, it's, it's an honest fact they talk about it they'll say things like we want a great culture you know spoke to someone recently we want a high performing culture great what's your budget oh we don't have any money well you're not gonna have a high performing culture then are you stop talking about it if you're not gonna if you're not gonna if you're not gonna pay for it stop talking about it because um these things cost money now now 
often um, people, you know, and I mentioned this initiative itis, every now and again they'll do things like, oh, we're going to send everyone on a diversity and inclusion program. We're going to do radical candor. Going to do all these things, right? And that's fine. But they're a very, very small part of culture. And they're not the things that actually change the culture. You can send a, someone on a diversity and uh, an inclusion program and it won't change their behavior at all. At all. In fact, you know what? You could save yourself a load of time and money. Don't do that. Right, and then instead get the senior leaders to role model what you expect of everybody else and then get them to hold people to account who don't do those things or that do things to betray diversity and inclusion. That makes more of a difference than sending people on a diversity. We're still using the same approaches for diversity and inclusion programs that we've been doing for 20, 30 years and then we wonder why nothing changes. Don't get me wrong, there's a value in all of that. You know, those of you who listen to the podcast regularly, you know I'm a big believer in continual education. But those things don't change culture. Changing your operating model, changing having a restructure doesn't change your culture. Changing policies and processes, getting more data on your culture doesn't change it. All it does is you're treading water and your people are like, what are these guys doing? You know, and it, it, it comes across like they just don't have a clue. I feel like this is a bit of a ranty podcast. Um, you know, the way, when I started out, I was like, oh, I'm just going to tell people something based on what someone asked me. Here's a bunch of things people should know about culture. I've turned it into a right old rant, haven't I? Um, that was never my intention. So uh, what's another thing I wanted to share? Yeah, so cultures evolve over time. said that one. Um, and so what you need is, so, so number four, I, did, I, did I start a numbered list? I feel like I started a numbered list. I felt the need to say number four. I, this could be like number 12. Like if, you keep, if, you're, if you're writing notes, this must be a nightmare. You'd be like, he's all over the place here. So I've had to sit down and say, oh, we've got two ranty. I haven't even drunk my coffee yet. I couldn't even tell you what it's like. Let's just have a quick drink. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Um, right, where was I? Cultures evolve. So you need a plan over time. Um, and that plan involves social interaction. There's some people that just don't want to interact socially, but it, it, interacting socially is crucially important for empathy because this is where we get to find out about you. This is where we get to build and enhance relationships. Crucially important that we do all of these things. Now, most organizations see social interaction as something that happens outside of work and it's usually tied to alcohol. Listen, some things can involve alcohol, um, but those things should be in work. Social activity happens in working hours. You would never, you know, if it's a team member's birthday, which you should celebrate with cake, uh, and the person whose birthday is buys the cake, right? Um, uh, you would never do, right, it's, it's Colin's birthday today. It's Colin's birthday next Monday. Thanks in advance. It's Colin's birthday uh, today. Let's, let's buy him a cake and let's celebrate at five o'clock. People will be like, yeah. So I'm going to say no, I really like Colin, but I don't really want to be with any of you at five. So social, social activity happens in working hours. So even if there's alcohol involved, right? And so I've talked about this in the past, is I used to take my team, when, when we decided we would do a glass of wine or a glass of beer, but there was no pressure on people to drink, make that point, is we would do it at four o'clock on a Thursday. Because that's to happen inside working hours because we're putting the emphasis on social activity being important 
but also not on a Friday because people just want to go home on a Friday. They don't want to be around you. Um, and so that continual evolution requires social activity, but it also requires creativity. And this means that you have to make time to look at things differently. Now, I asked a question last week and I asked it a lot. And I always say, you know, like how much time do you have just to sit and think? Like, you know, hands up if it's two days, two hours, like no one puts a hands up if it's one hour, no one puts a hand up. Hands up if it's half an hour, you get a couple of hands. And then hands up if you get no time to think, literally most of the room, and that's not good enough. Now, what you need to know is because everybody gets a say in culture, and because culture is the sum of everyone's attitudes, beliefs, behaviours, traditions, skills, habits, everybody, is that what we end up with is these real collective bad habits. I think, I think this is point number four. Yeah, because point number five is about managers. We, we end up with these collective bad habits. So being busy is a collective bad habit because we feel like we have to, we have to always be doing, 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 when actually being busy is the enemy of productivity. So you don't always have to be doing. You don't always have to be looking at your phone, but everyone else is doing it, so I've got to do it. You don't always have to be writing and checking email, but everyone else is doing it, so I have to do it. You don't always have to be in meetings. You know, there's this, there's this, there's, there's a feeling that if you've not got meetings all day, that somehow you've failed in life, or you know, you're not doing enough, which is absolute and total BS. I spoke to this guy in IT a couple of weeks ago in a company I was working with, like great guy. And uh, he, he just said to me, he said, so much of what you said resonated. He said, I love the bit about the meetings. He's like, I try my best not to have them. He's like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, he was a love, lovely guy. He's like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be a you know, difficult person. He said, but when people approach me for a meeting, I always say, can't we do that as a phone call right now? And they're like, oh my God, yeah, let's do that. And this is just people taking different approaches and what they're doing. And I, write a, I wrote a blog about this. I think I called it running the other way. It was about my experience of running outside because I, I run around a park outside our house and everyone runs in the same direction. Every now and again, someone's running the other way and we're like, that's a bit weird. That someone's, you could see people looking at them going, why are you going the other way? But they're still getting the same amount of exercise. You know what I mean? And they're still doing things in the right way. They're just doing it differently. And this guy said to me, he's like, you know, for me, I take great pride in pushing back on some of those dumb things. You know, I wrote about dumb cultural norms, uh, if you're interested in that. So, so cultures evolve positively. If you, you've got a plan of action, you mix socially, you make time for creativity, and you actively push back against some of the dumb cultural norms. And the last thing that I'll share that everyone should know about culture, and I started the podcast with this and finished with it, is that people don't know how to build it. They don't, they fundamentally, it's not a skill you were ever taught. Most, if you're a manager, you know, you didn't go on a two day program, you know, and my programs are two days, you can do everything in two days, it doesn't need to be a week. Although I'm thinking of doing week long residentials somewhere in a beautiful part of the world. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll get there, I'll get there with that. Maybe if the next book's a success, maybe I'll do these amazing retreats, keep the cost down so everybody can come, that would be amazing. And the book manuscript got submitted this week, so whoop whoop. Um, oh, that doesn't mean it's the end, that's the start. Me writing all of the 57 and a half thousand words is the start of the process, not the end. Yeah, so people don't know how to build culture. And so every single manager, 
every single manager should be trained on how to build and positively evolve culture. It should be the first thing that they do. And in that, they learn how to be empathetic, they learn how to communicate, they learn how to build relationships, they learn how to put the values into action. I'm working with an organisation, is it next week or the week after? And so they, I worked with them to create their values and now I'm working with them to teach their managers how to put those values into action. So, you know, what, what the behaviours look like, how to have courageous conversations, how to deal with brilliant jerks, how to collaborate effectively, how to use technology, how to be productive with your time, uh, how to prioritise your work, what creativity looks like, all of these things. You need all of these things to be successful as a business, to achieve your strategy, all of those things. And yet we don't teach managers. Instead, there's this expectation that they know what they're doing with regards to culture, and then we expect, and then you know, the board or the CEO can come and say, "We want a high-performing culture." Can't do it unless people know how to do it, and then you give them the time and then the support to actually get it done on a daily basis. So, I think that's five things you should know about culture. Kind of winged it with the number in there, I have to say. Um, but hopefully there's some things in there that, that really resonate for you. I think for me, they're the, they're the key things that you should know. But listen, I'd love to, I'd love to hear. If, if there's anything that you want to hear about, you know, I'm quite happy to keep recording these based on what I think people should know. If there's anything you want to hear about, anything you want to know, please don't hesitate to get in touch. But that's your Culture and Coffee podcast for today. Ciao for now. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about how I can help you transform the culture of your team, head to my website at www.colindellis.com.